When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossap, Fightful.com. It is April 10th, 2020. We're here to talk about the SmackDown after Mania. Not as newsworthy as a lot of your your post-Mania week shows, but uh, under the circumstances, you kind of understand why. But I'll tell you all this, as, as an editor, this had more articles come out of it than probably any SmackDown that we've done since the debut. Like, a lot of matches set up, a lot of things that are are good to go. And uh, we hope you're good to go and hang out with us. If you're watching live on YouTube.com slash Fightful, donate a super chat and you'll get your question or statement read on the air uh, as we get to each particular segment. Leave a thumbs up, subscribe, tap that bell for notifications, but we are on podcast platforms everywhere, as is my co-host, Mr. Warren Hayes. You can catch him here Wednesdays and Fridays, as well as his own channel, uh, YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. How you doing? I'm doing really well, Sean. It was, uh, yeah, uh, interesting SmackDown because, uh, just like you said, there's stuff that's being set up for the next few weeks, which I appreciate. I appreciate foresight on behalf of WWE and giving us reasons to tune in over the next few weeks and care about matches. So I'm good about that. But yeah, it's you know, it's a otherwise a a so-so episode. We'll be talking about it. That's what we're here for. If you all see me looking down throughout this show, got a lot of crazy stuff going on. In the messages right now, Warren's been clued in a little bit. I assure you I'm paying attention. Warren is in my ear, but uh, Warren, to say that this stuff is pertinent information would be an understatement, correct? Yeah, pertinent and uh, somewhat shocking at the same time. It's yeah. something. Uh, you all can head over to FightfulSelect.com. We have more on WWE going live, and we will talk more about this as well, but... There's a lot of crazy stuff going on, but let's go ahead and get into SmackDown. We had the intro with Braun Strowman touting his win over Bill Goldberg, and he's interrupted by Shinsuke Nakamura. Now, here's the thing. The, the matches tonight were just fine, but we did we need so many rematches on this show, Warren? Jesus. Of course not. Of course not. And you know, the more the more things change, the more they stay the same, don't they? And despite coming off of a WrestleMania where WWE had to rethink how it approaches a wrestling match and because there was no one around to cheer on where they had to change the way certain matches were produced because, you know, they you want to avoid doing rest locks and chin locks to because there's no audience to get heat from. And despite the fact that they created cinematic matches to sort of break up the uh, the the potential for monotony, they broke up WrestleMania on two nights. 
And yet we fall back into our old our old standards, our, our bad habits of having instant rematches. Let's do this again. We just saw it a couple of days ago. Let's run this match again. I'm like, my goodness. I mean, maybe, look, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. There's, They probably don't have access to all their staff, right? Not everyone is necessarily there. The COVID situation is what it is. So yes. they're probably making do with, with what it is. But as a viewer, when you tune in, and you've seen this situation happen when they did have all the rosters available, when these everyone is still there flying in, coming in, and they'll rerun the same matches over and over again. When you see it happen, it's it's force a habit at this point. You're like, oh, my God, they're doing it again. It is, and now they're running back a match that they did a few months ago, and on Nakamura's way to the ring, they're like, hey, this is the guy that Braun Strowman beat for the Intercontinental title, and I'm like, yeah, okay. And Nakamura says, when the door of opportunity is open, you knock. And I'm like, wait, it's already open. The, the door's open. You just walk through the door. You don't have to knock, knock. <laughs> Not so great promo. Cesaro comes no. out to help, gets pushed over the top rope, and they they lay, uh, or they, they take Braun Strowman out. Uh, Throwback27 approaches some big news from today. He says, Not SmackDown related. Do you think the revival would be a good fit in New Japan rather than AEW? Well, the, the beauty of them and really anybody who negotiates a contract these days, Warren, they can go to both if they want. That's the thing. They, they could do that. They could do, uh, they could even do the Ring of Honor circuit. Hey, you know what? I, I was talking with that earlier today. I would love to see, because everyone's, everyone obviously is talking about AEW and that's the natural choice. And I understand it. It makes perfect sense. And yes, there are exciting matches to be there, uh, to, to have there. Going over to New Japan, sure, that'd be great. New Japan Tag Division stinks, but it, you know, they're working overseas, getting experience, working other guys. I'd like to see them versus the Gorillas of Destiny. That'd be cool. But, uh, hey, send them over to NWA. Eli Drake and James Storm against those guys. That'd be a hoot. Impact against the North. Are you kidding me? Look, my eyes are ready to have all of that inserted directly into it. That'd be fantastic. It wouldn't shock me to see them do like a set of tapings for each. Company, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, these guys are very forward-thinking and do a lot of stuff. Yep. Uh, Maurice says, "Hey, I think Young Bucks versus Revival should main event all out." Can I imagine, or can you imagine, if Cain Velasquez wins Money in the Bank? Who do you think wins Women's Money in the Bank? I hope it's Sasha. I hope it's I, Sasha too. I hope it's Sasha too. Kane, I don't think stands a chance winning Money in the Bank. Uh, I don't think they'll do that. But yeah, I think Revival versus Young Bucks is an all-out main event. Sounds really good. I think they could put on one of the best tag team matches of all time, Maurice. Uh, the the uh, the uh, the Young Bucks have said it. You know, uh, tag teams can main event shows. I honestly don't think, con- considering how how much of a smart crowd the AEW audience is, I don't think you could probably get a bigger main event instant, like just clacking, snapping your fingers like that. As the Revival versus the Bucks, everyone would be into it. Yeah, and the news of the Revival, I mean, we might as well cover it now instead of making you all wait days for the list and your boy. Dash Wilder's contract was set to be up roughly after Double or Nothing. I don't think that was a coincidence. They extended his deal just a little bit past then. And uh, Scott Dawson's was up. I don't know if it was already up, if it was about to be up or whatever. And a lot of people were like, oh, well, what about a 90-day no-compete? They couldn't have done that anyway unless the Revival agreed to it. If they went to the Revival and said, you know, we'll pay you extra money to not wrestle for 90 days, well, then they mm-hmm. could have done that. 
but really all they could do was keep them sidelined until their deals were up. So good on WWE letting them out now. Uh, Revival asked for their releases a lot, a lot. I'm going to try to find out more information, but it's been going on for 15 months. And a lot of people were like, oh my god, they got these title runs, that title run. They got every single one of those title runs after they asked for their release. Every single one of them. They, the company tried to buy them back, effectively, but, oh man. Uh, Charlie Wolf says, or sends a super chat that says, excited. A reminder, I am getting to your all super chats as they come up in the show. And let me tell you, we need them because these SmackDown shows are pretty bare these days. We're having like some raw podcasts that are like 40 minutes. It's, it's, it's pretty nuts, but up next, we got Bliss Cross Applesauce defeating the Kabuki Warriors to retain the titles. And I like this match. I just didn't like that they ran it back immediately. Yeah. Why? What's the point? And for everybody saying, oh, there's, there's no tag team. Well, apparently there's Carmella and Dana, and apparently there's Kabuki Warriors, and apparently there's Cross and Bliss, and apparently there's Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez, and apparently there's the Horsewomen. And apparently there, I can't remember who else is in, uh, NXT, but there's another one. There, there are teams. The Iconics are running around. There are teams. It's just hard to establish them on brands because there aren't many on individual brands. What did you think of them going right back to this match? The, uh, like, uh, typical. It's just typical WWE and it didn't, we didn't need it. And here's, here's the other thing that made this all the more bizarre because I agree the match was the match was fine. Uh, I think the WrestleMania match was better, but this was this this was this was fine. I really enjoyed the spot, especially when Oscar and Nikki Cross were like screaming at each other on the uh, on commentary. I thought that was that that was fun. But um, the um, what I what's really strange here is that Oscar and Kyrie Sane are Raw wrestlers. They're on Raw, and they came to SmackDown to challenge for the titles. So that's exactly that's to me that it's force feeding me a rematch. Why did it happen on Raw then? Because that's where Oscar and Kyrie are. So it feels force fed. Uh, You're breaking down your own rules here again. WWE again. I understand that maybe they don't have access to all their stuff. But still, you know, as far as continuity goes, it's a little weird. Just want to point out two things real quick. Um, I mentioned it this uh, this WrestleMania weekend, but it bears to be repeated. Alexa Bliss has really been turning it up recently. She's been really good. I think the arguments of her not being able to work are slowly going to fade away. And Asuka is an unsung gem of the PC era WWE. She has been so entertaining and loud and boisterous. She has been compensating for the lack of crowd Every time she gets into the ring, every time they put a, a headset on her, they give her a microphone. She has really been a gem for this, uh, for for the 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 silent crowd era. I, I I love what she did, and again, she she was great tonight. So there you go. Hmm. Oh man, uh, this match was good. They laid it in, like you said. I love the Oscar uh, and the Nikki Cross brawling on the announce table. Over that because they were a real highlight. There was also a hilarious jumping elbow drop from Kyrie where she was like, <laughs> like Cross is crawling and Kyrie just jumps all of her weight and mm-hmm. elbow drops her in the middle of the back or, or like the top of the, the top of the back. It was great. Michael Cole keeps doubling down on that powerbomb forearm being an homage to the Legion of Doom. 
it's not the same move. Just because somebody's on somebody else's shoulders doesn't mean that. Legion of Doom do an electric chair drop and a clothesline. This is a powerbomb and a forearm. They are not the same. They are not the same. That is like saying a body slam and a powerbomb are the same thing. They are not. But uh, there's a great twisted bliss to the outside on the Kabuki Warriors. Mm -hmm. Bliss and crosswind with a, a punch and the purge. Uh, really fun match. It's just they immediately take Kabuki Warriors out of the title picture doing that. Like, keep them, keep them pumped up. Yeah. Yes. You'd think they would, but no, you gotta, you gotta cool them off now, Sean. You gotta, you gotta make sure that, uh, that they get nice and proper cooled off so that you, so that all you have to turn to next is Carmella and Dana Brooke, right? That's, that's sound, sound strategy. Uh, no, this was a fun match. I, I liked it. Uh, man, uh, Alexa Bliss landed on her knees mm -hmm. when she did that twisted bliss to the outside. I was like, oh, my God. But, uh, yeah, she, uh, she did fine. Uh, it, was a good, it was a good match. I liked it. After this, Dana Brooke and Carmella are backstage and challenge Bliss and Cross to a match for the titles. Bliss and Cross are great here, but they do not want the match before they eventually accept it. But this is, I really like this dynamic, and this is why I think it's embarrassing that WWE hasn't established this division more. You can get people over. The re reason you get so many single stars out of tag team stars is you see their personality because they play off mm -hmm. of each other. It's a lot easier to play off of somebody than it is yourself. And you saw four people doing that here, but especially Cross and Bliss. Now, I'm okay with this match. But, oh, yeah, also, I hadn't even, I, I completely forgot that Kyrie and Oscar were Raw stars. There was no reason for this to happen on SmackDown. There's no automatic rematch clause. No. Dumb. Any thoughts on Dana and Carmella? Um, I mean, yeah, it's give them something to do. Uh, give give them something to do. I'm okay with Carmella get it, being on television, having competitive matches, and looking good. I'm just afraid that they might be. Uh, glossed over a little more, uh, just glossed over as a transitional thing for uh, Bliss Cross Applesauce, uh, because I re I really like Carmella, and I think she's she's an untapped resource for the women's division, especially on SmackDown when they desperately need some really really some really strong protected women. Carmella could be a go to easily, just like Naomi could be. Carmella is a former uh, SmackDown champion. We saw and know that she can work. She can go. She was able to carry Charlotte Flair to a great match. Um, I don't know why they're not uh, why they're not doing more with her. Kevin Langhoff sends a super chat and says, "Cool fact: Alexa has the second most days as uh, champion on SmackDown and Raw. She was heavily pushed throughout that period, uh, throughout the early days of of her call up, and I thought she rose to the occasion. I thought she did really, really good." Mm -hmm. uh, but I think she's doing very well now. I think that uh, Nikki Cross has been utilized very well. She has absolutely. Uh, you know, we, we're talking a little bit, uh, talking a little bit sometimes about how we miss like completely insane Nikki Cross, but you know, she still maintains that that crazy in the relationship in her relationship with Alexa. It's a little toned down. As if she be, she found some sort of normalcy that keeps her from going from flipping off the edge completely. But uh, no, she, she's doing well. We see Elias singing a song about beating Corbin at WrestleMania. Okay, and how he wants to win Money in the Bank. This is fine. It got 
across what they needed to get across. And I thought it was fine, Warren. I don't like smiling. Thank you for letting me into your home, Elias. I don't like. I don't. I, me either. And because I, I like I like Elias as a snarky, uh, self righteous, uh, self congratulatory heel. I like him when he does his when he disparages the audience. I like when he's unable to perform. I. Despite the fact that he's good, that's not the point. It's not as if he's trying making believe that he can perform. He can, but this is—it's not the Elias for me. It's too goody two shoes. Blech. We see an Otis and Mandy video. Ziggler and uh, Sonya come out and they say they want the best for Mandy. But Tucker comes out and then shows them photos, which I love. He's <laughs> giving them a dose of their own medicine. We get a match, which may shock you guys, is a rematch of last week. And he catches Ziggler, slams him onto the announce table. Tucker is so underrated. And I wish I remembered who sent me the, the tweet. I will give you credit for it whenever I I uh, see it again. Who said, man, I could see a JBL type of run for him. And I'm like, yeah, you could, I could see a transformation there. If he can pick it up in the charisma department, I, I could see that. He is incredibly strong, good in the ring, agile. That big power slam, the lariat, the cross body, all looks good. I just thought it was kind of lame that Ziggler won with one super kick. I, I mean, not one super kick. That's the only move he did. I'm cool with him winning a match with a super kick. I like that. But this was mm-hmm. fine. But I thought it was really a a display for Tucker. Sitting on my bed sends a super chat that says, I really like facial expressions from uh, Sasha. Okay, I thought he meant Sonya, so I'll get to the Sasha thing later. Uh, but... I thought Sonya was good here, too. She was playing the role of a manager. She was doing that effectively. Ziggler got the win. Tucker can afford to lose, I guess. But this this was okay. It's just I, I would have liked to have seen Ziggler do a little something more to win. Yeah, I kind of expected that, too. Uh, however, you know, uh, I pointed it out. You know, Dolph sold his ass off, and he's bumping around again. This is a Friday night an empty arena and he's getting tossed over commentary tables and he's just like, he's, he's doing it all regardless, you know, he's doing his best to get Tucker's offense over. So, I mean, good on him. Um, Tucker is, and the word underrated here is used properly. It's not like when people tell me Dean Malenko is over underrated. No, no, no. Dean Malenko was never underrated. He was underappreciated, but he yes. was never underrated. But I do believe Tucker is uh, Tucker Knight is definitely underrated. Uh, the more we see of him, the, there's always these little glimmers. He he's so smooth in what he does. He's, he's not just tossing guys around and slamming them. There's finesse to his power moves, which is really fun. And now they announced next week that they're going to do something with Mandy and Sonya. Uh, they clear the air. Is that what it was? Clear the air. <laughs> clear the air. I hope because I was I was looking forward to see what they were going to do with Sonya tonight, and she was good, but it's generic. I want Sonya to be part. Well, we got all the super chats we want tonight. I want her to be a bitch. I want her to be number one top bitch of the entire women's division. That's what we need to get out of this feud. She's got to be completely detestable. And I'm hoping we're going to get that next week. Otherwise, yeah, this was this was okay, and I found another good showcase for Tucker. Throwback27, good friend of the site, 
says, do you think this story keeps going uh, that they will touch on Mandy and Otis's social media posts? Yeah, probably. I think they'll try to integrate anything they can in there to make this effective and just keep doing it. If I mean, that's that's just how WWE are. I loved how in the pictures Otis had a big bunch of bananas. Yes. <laughs> Tucker was like, and there's my boy. He loves his bananas, though. He's looking to maintain his potassium intake. Like, yes. Fantastic. Tim Traver says, want to wish everybody a good Friday. Big thank you, my friend. Also, uh, Rob Wilkins, if you're having trouble with the super chat, he says, uh, <laughs> he says, did, she- actually, I-, I got his question. He says, did Seamus read your tweet? Cause he had a very heavy stare at Graves. Um, so Seamus destroyed Cal Bloom, who was the son of Bo Beverly. Uh, little, little fun fact. Also, the fella is a dumbass nickname, which is what I tweeted, I think. I think that's what he meant, but, that's such a stupid nickname. Do you see it going anywhere with Seamus doing this? I mean, we have heard Corey Graves has been interested in maybe seeing what his options are. I think a lot of people are after Ed went on that magic bike ride with Seamus. Uh, <laughs> I think that's the tweet that Rob's referring to. I said that Jason Jordan needs to go on one of those magic bike rides with Edge and Seamus, fall okay. off, get up and say, I can wrestle again. <laughs> and maybe that's the Corey Graves thing. Maybe that's Seamus saying, hey, buddy. I got a I got a tandem. Let's hit the let's hit the hills. <laughs> this is fine. Squash match, whatever. Sure. Uh, I didn't take I didn't take the uh, the Seamus Graves interaction as Seamus going after Graves because they were talking about beloved for, uh, champion, former champion uh, Jeff Hardy making his return soon to SmackDown, coming home, and that's when Seamus turned around and sort of stared them down, and they were like, what's the problem? Yeah. So I think, au contraire, mon frere, we're not looking at a Graves match with Sheamus. We're mostly looking at Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus. I think that's what we're slowly moving into. Throwback uh, brought up the Otis Mandy thing and said maybe they'll show some of their Instagram live chats they've done. Yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt that at all. They're going to be starving for content very soon. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the situation that they're in. Thank you to pass it to DJ for the super chat. Um, as you mentioned, the Jeff Hardy clips, which apparently we'll be seeing every week, they could do a lot worse than than that uh, in this landscape. Miz and Morrison do the dirt sheet segment. It is painfully cringy, but it's supposed to be. I did like that John Morrison said that he's the first person to defend the titles by himself, and Miz said he's the first person to defend them from his couch. The Usos come out and interrupt. Miz says he's not cleared to compete, so he's not going to bother tonight. They're all in street clothes, so you know they're not wrestling. But the New Day are next to interrupt, and what we get next week is a ladder match, or I think a triple threat match with... Just a triple threat. Just a triple threat match with everyone who wasn't in the ladder match for the belts. Uh, Evan writes in the Super Chat and said, singles match for the tag titles is dumb. I agree. It is dumb. Woof. Um, okay, whatever. They set it up. Fine, but it's stupid. Yep. Yep. It's... uh I don't know. I'm not. Uh, I'm not entirely looking forward to it. We've essentially saw a a setup of that live on uh, on uh, Sunday. We've seen all the. We've seen these teams fight each other numerous times before. It's funny how they just can't let it breathe for a while. It's funny how they just can't give us a couple of weeks where where 
you know, we don't necessarily have to see immediately the same matches. Like, you know, we didn't see Daniel Bryan tonight, you know. We didn't see Sami Zayn either. Just sometimes going away makes makes us miss you, right? It's just, oh, you weren't here this week. Oh, you're back, you're back this week. Oh, that's great. We missed you last week. And it avoids this, this, uh, the, this, uh, this situation where WWE just continuously gives us the same matches or variants of those matches. I'm sort of fearing, a uh, a, uh, Uso, Roman Reigns, Baron Corbin, Bobby Roode, uh, um, uh, Dolph Ziggler situation developing here where we're going to get variants out of these matches, out of these six people for the next two months. And I'm not looking forward to it as much as I like these teams. Don't get me wrong. DJ Cass's super chat kind of works into our next segment about Forgotten Sons against Lucha House Party and the revival and what we just talked about. He says American Alpha Sanity ends on Big Cass, Vod Villains Ascension. Now revival all gets screwed up as a fan of tag team wrestling. This breaks my heart. Vince doesn't get tag team wrestling. Well, the Forgotten Sons are called up. Wesley Blake, who got signed seven years ago, good for him. To me, if this is a sink or swim situation, good. I'm okay with that because you know what? Heavy Machinery swam. Mm-hmm. I didn't think they were ready and they swam. The Ascension sank. All these people pretend that the Ascension were super workers. Man, I, that ain't me. That ain't me. Look at the tag team division back then. They were facing too cool on takeover events. They they just were not good. They were not good. So I don't feel bad for them. Vaude Villains a little bit, especially knowing what we see out of Aiden English from a, a charisma standpoint. Enzo and Big Cass were their own worst enemies. Mm-hmm. So you can't really group them in. Revival? American Alpha? Sanity? Oh yeah. I think you can group them in for sure. Uh, for some people, specifically Nikki Cross, Sanity branching out was okay. But I mean, for everybody else, not so much. You could argue that Alexander Wolf might be in a better spot now, but. Mm-hmm. Ah, this, this tag team situation. SmackDown's got a real good division. It's just you see the same three teams. The Forgotten Sons are in. This is not a squash match with Lucha House Party. Lucha House Party gets some good offense. Uh, I get the feeling Vince is going to tell Wesley Blake to hit the tanning bed. But other than that, I'm okay with seeing if these guys do well. They win with the assisted stomp. I liked Blake's wrist clutch offense. And like I said, if it's sink or swim, I'm all right with seeing how they do. Um, the Forgotten Sons is a bit was one of our one of our little jokes, right on the Wednesday night podcast. We all, you know, we always had a little I fun. I really forgot about them before they came back. <laughs> Kona Reeves has to be added to this team immediately. <laughs> and if they need a female, it's Tassalia in there as well. Oh man, uh, see the. I, I I laughed when I saw him because I was like, why? Why are you bringing these? That was my first reflex, right? But then, yes, you know, Brand, um, uh, both, both Cutler and uh, Wesley, have been, they've both been there for, for a while. Uh, Wesley Blake, hell, he held the tag t- the NXT tag titles with uh, Buddy Murphy. Yes. So they've, they've been at this for, for a little while. Uh, I still don't see exactly what Jackson Riker has to offer otherwise than, other than being a heater. That's okay. So I got all my, I got all my forgotten Joe, forgotten son's jokes out. I got them all out there on Twitter. It's fine. 
Then you sit back, you look at the match. This was this was fun. It was a fun match, and they looked really good. And like you said, um, the thing is, is that in your sink or swim uh, analogy, a lot of people thought that they were sinking in NXT, right? Yeah. They, or they had already sunk. So it's weird to see them up there. But then at some point, I understand if only by a, a return on investment vision, as far as you investing time into these wrestlers and money and training them and putting them on cards and making them improve and trying to get them over, where you're like, well, look, we're going to put them on main and see what happens, right? Because we already put all this money into these guys. We got to try and get some bank back, if only for that. So I think this is a good start. For them, I thought they worked really well. I thought uh, I thought it worked. They worked perfectly well with the uh, with the Lucha House Party. Lindsay Dorado got some hella shots in oh, here yeah. as well. He was not holding back. This was good. It was a good tag team match. I laughed because it was like I could imagine the conversation. The you know it was like, well, uh, we're not renewing the revival. Oh, finally, we can bring up the Revival Forgotten Sons. Awesome, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah. Throwback okay. says, could the Forgotten Sons go up against New Day when Xavier gets back? That could be a solid six-man match. Yeah, they could, and if you're looking for somebody to get some personality out of people, uh, then you should probably do that with New Day. Sure. Uh, and Chris and Ashley had asked when, a kid, when uh, Xavier was coming back. The last I had heard his evaluation was like in, in the spring, maybe early summer, but I, I don't know how it's progressing. Uh, Dalmar Abdi says, do you think WWE should just release the clones? Yeah, I do. I don't know if, like, there was some sort of, like, stipulation in the WWC (laughs) tape library purchase that keeps, kept them with jobs, but yeah, they, they should just release them. I don't know why. I mean, I can't remember if it's Primo or Epico that's like, you want to drug test me? I'm not flying back for that. And then just took the suspension. I was like, I'm not doing that. That's weird. So that's that's there. Um Ah man. Also uh yeah, I was going to kind of rant a little bit more about Forgotten Sons. To me, if this is a sink or swim situation like I said, Heavy Machinery didn't have the greatest NXT run, but they came up to the main roster and they've had some bangers. Mm-hmm. It's like the opposite of Sanity. Sanity got on like takeover and Alex, they had what I call as the Alexander Wolf performance where I had no idea he was capable of that until I saw him go guano crazy, which takes a whole new meaning in this landscape, uh, on, on an episode, on a takeover. And then they never really did anything. It's a shame. Uh, Hannah Moore said Ms. Morrison's comment about not wanting to be buried. Pop me. Don't bury me. Don't bury. <laughs> Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Me, they they are so good at being bad on that. Mm-hmm. I'll give them that. They're very yes. good at being bad. There was nothing I wanted to see less tonight than those two middle aged white men rapping. 
I got to tell you, Sean, wasn't up there, but like you said, it's part of their gimmick. Oh. Yeah. Bailey and Sasha Banks come out. Bailey is bragging about her accolades. And Tamina interrupts and challenges Bailey for the title because Bailey didn't beat her at WrestleMania. Bailey says she'll give Tamina a match if she can beat Sasha Banks, and Sasha isn't happy. Sasha Banks should win this match. Oh, oh, yes. Well, uh, yes, because if they want to give some depth to what's going on, yeah, absolutely. Don't go the easy route, right? But we've talked about it multiple times about well, maybe we'll finally get it at SummerSlam this 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 year, Sean. Maybe we'll finally get Sasha and Bailey at SummerSlam. But if you're going to go down the the that route and you want to stretch out the turn and continue to tease us, this was a good way to do it. This I, I really liked it because as far as Bailey's character goes, she turned and said, you know, you it, Tamina, I'll give you a shot if you can beat Sasha Banks and Sasha's she, you know, her her jaw drop. So the question we can ask ourselves is is Bailey doing this because she believes in her friend or is she doing this because she's she's just being very facetious and just wants to destroy her secretly? I'm tending to go into that direction because we'll let's not forget at WrestleMania, uh she didn't move into save uh, Sasha from from her pin. She sort of stayed back against the ropes and let it happen. So I'm kind of inkling towards that, but there's also a case to be made for the opposite. If they keep these lines very blurry and Sasha does win, not only do does Bailey end up in a situation where she's like, oh, okay, uh, <laughs> my plan didn't work, and then Sasha can start building legitimate arguments to get a title shot. Ultimately, I'd like Sasha to win Money in the Bank, and I want her to cash in on Bailey. Ultimately, that's what that's what I'd like to see happen. But if they're going to keep on with the tease, just keep it, keep on keeping it blurry because I like it so far. Christopher Boarding says WWE must have heard my question in the Q and A this week. Bailey's reign is now at 182 days, not 300 plus. Yeah, that was a little bit weird. I thought that was weird that they were doing that. Everybody's got the internet. They can see. Kevin Langhoff says, Loving the Bailey-Sasha tension. Uh, Bray needs to squash Braun. Damn, WWE, he does not need the title. That's the truth. I can't wait to rant about that. But yeah, the Sasha-Bailey tension, it has to build to their eventual match. And Young Bibby says, I want someone new and unexpected to win the money in the bank. Maybe Liv Morgan. I would love Liv Morgan to win. That's that's my prime pick. It's not a bad pick. But... Sasha winning, that'd be pretty cool. Are there any other possibilities as they announce qualifying matches? I think I think that's great. To mm-hmm. uh, th- that's a that's a step in the right direction. Yes. Um. Well, again, especially let okay. Well, we we have all the usual suspects. You can you can you can put in Oscar. Uh, you can put in uh, Carmella, which I think would benefit from being again in this match. Uh, I think, uh, well, Sasha's a shoe in but then why, why not add in some NXT stars? I mean, the NXT title, still not quite sure. Is it going to be a little more floatable? You know, is it going to be for the NXT women's title? Could we maybe see, could we see Tegan Knox in this? Hey, Bianca Belair was just added to the raw, to the raw division. 
Why not put her in a ladder match? By God, that would be great stuff. Uh, I think I think the the Money in the Bank match this year has the potential to be very different than very yes. recent ones because there's a lot of new faces that they're trying cinematic. to cinematic. <laughs> <laughs> we get a really dramatic cinematic climbing up the ladder when me and Melissa did our fight and I was directing it. Um, <laughs> so. We had her climb up the ladder, and when she climbed up the ladder, she's like, why am I climbing this so slow? <laughs> I uh, especially like when, when wrestlers get to the top, right? I, I think someone should medically examine the results, the, the, the effects of a, climbing a ladder by wrestlers, the effects that it has on their depth perception. Because at some point, they're like, oh, I'm one rung too, too low. Yes. Oop, still one rung too low. It's, it, that make, that always makes me chuckle. King CJP Full says, how's it fair that Raw gets Angel Garza, Austin Theory, and Bianca Belair and SmackDown gets the Forgotten Sons? Oh, man. That is rough. That is rough. DJ Cass says, AOP, another tag team they screwed up. They need to get their heads out of their own asses about tag teams. And somebody said, oh, well, they're always hurt. Yeah, but they weren't for like a year before they were used. Mm-hmm. They have had a good solid year and a half of their time wasted. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Somebody had also asked about any thoughts on the Seamus, Corey Graves stare down. Did you think anything of that, especially in light of Corey saying some of the things that he's been saying? Yeah, I, 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 I know some people made some relations, but like I said, I, I, I think it's more of a Jeff Hardy thing that they're setting up because when Seamus was staring down, uh, the commentary was talking about, oh, Jeff Hardy's coming home, great uh, fan favorite wrestler, uh, former champion. And then that's when Sheamus sort of turned around and start, gave the stare down. I think that's uh, – it, it's a setup for something uh, – a program with Jeff Hardy as opposed to Corey Graves. If Corey Graves – that said, if he wants to come back and wrestle, he wants to he, he wants to give it a shot. I think you, you, you mentioned it clearly on Twitter. He's a lifer for WWE. So even if it doesn't quite work out, he can go back and sit at the desk. Sure. He's fine. Quick plug for myself, youtube.com slash SRS Wrestling. I did the first episode of the really vague podcast. I discussed my uh, disdain for end tables on that show. Make sure you guys go check it out. It is up on the Fightful feed, but it won't usually. It's going to be a YouTube exclusive, I think, just because I don't feel like dealing with anything else. But uh, making some use out of that channel I was uh, using while this one was down. But, hey, we got plenty of podcasts up on FightfulSelect.com. We also have some exclusive news. Like, almost every day we've got exclusive news. I don't know why I'm, I'm... Talking about that, we, we got it every damn day. Go over there, check it out. We also have the Backstage <laughs> Report podcast, 20, 25 minutes of exclusive news, contract stats, injury updates. We have Alex. He's putting in heavy sour graps coverage of late, and he's doing a few uh, free preview shows as well. We got Steven Jensen with The Weekender. Just a ton of stuff over at FightfulSelect.com. I keep having to push back the retro review date because we got so much stuff going up. So the retro review, Hogan and Warrior is going to drop a little bit later. But Ooh. if you all want a little bit of preview, so you want to say, oh, man, what's the what are those retro reviews all about? We have two of them that are up for free. Just ter- type it in on uh, our YouTube channel. Uh, there's Shawn Michaels versus Triple H. And then we have TNA Unbreakable 05. It is uh, a good time. 
Someone mm-hmm. asked if Alex is still watching the Big Show show. That will be next week. He's going to do a deep dive on Firefly Funhouse this weekend, and that will be up early for Fightful Select subscribers, and it will be free to everybody. Uh, I truly believe, and I've been saying this all over the place, I don't think there's anybody in wrestling reviewing who is better at picking out the little intricacies of stuff like that than Alex Pawlowski. He has an uncanny knack for that. When I asked him to just do a show with me in 2016 to fill in, I got him to do that, and it was amazing, and he became full-time here. So I would definitely encourage you guys to check that out because that deep dive is going to be far deeper than anything you probably even thought of, and I'm very excited for it. I was not too excited for Strowman versus Nakamura, especially when I sat there and thought about it, and I was like, man, this might have been Reigns versus Nakamura, and that mm-hmm. I want to see. Uh, Nakamura missed a wheel kick, got sent over the rope. Uh, Cesaro catches Braun with the European uppercut, but Strowman mows down Nakamura and pins him with the power slam. Harmless match. Completely harmless match, Warren. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It was it, it was okay. It was okay for what it was, you know. I, I think Shinsuke tried. You know what I mean? Like cuz we we've noticed that you know, the, the the effort hasn't always been there over the past couple of months, but over the past couple of weeks wasn't been so bad. I think he tried, you know, tried to use some some strategy to take Brock uh, Bra- not excuse me, Braun down. Uh hmm. the, I mean the outcome was inevitable and it was better than uh than Drew versus Big Show. That by a mile, so uh, we already know who won the uh, who won the battle of who got the first the the best first defense out of Braun and Drew. It's definitely Braun tonight. Well, we got a bunch of super chats about what happened next. Let's do it. Our boy Throwback, big thank you to him. He is always so generous to us, and I appreciate it. Uh, it helps us out a lot. He says, tonight's show was solid. Nakamura and Strowman match was good, but the promos from Bray and Nakamura were great. Braun saying anytime, anywhere, then saying bye and waving was great. With Bray being set up next for Braun, who should be set up for the IC title? Maybe Cesaro could have a shot. I don't hate that idea. I don't hate that idea of maybe Cesaro being like, hey, I've been watching your back and like you don't even pay me. <laughs> one of those to Sammy's aim. So let's talk about Firefly Funhouse. It pops up. We run through the John Cena stuff, but then it focuses on Braun Strowman. And this was my fear, was that after six months of fumbling the Fiend with the Universal title, aside from the Daniel Bryan thing, he should have never been booked in a title match. He ne- should have never won it. And then when he won it, he should have never lost it, especially to Goldberg. Because mm-hmm. to me, Warren... After Wyatt asked for an apology and says he brought Braun into this world and can take him out, yada, yada, Braun was fearless, and he should have been really one of the first people to be fearless, and not just fearless, but smile about it. John Cena wasn't smiling about it. John Cena was just badass John Cena. But when you got Goldberg out there doing, he's right behind me, isn't he? <laughs> it He is... What Braun should be, because Braun can get away with it because Braun is a 30-something-year-old dude who flips over goddamn Mm semi-trucks at this point. He could do a jackhammer if he wanted to. So when he smiles and says bye, I'm like, damn, I get it. But, man, they keep just... They... It's very annoying. I have very mixed feelings about it all. Same. And the 
it all starts with the Firefly Funhouse match where I really felt that they reignited the Bray Wyatt Fiend character with that that segment, vignette, not vignette, but event, match, whatever you want to call it. But I really feel like they had they had set another fire and I was I'm really excited to see what happens next. I had I was slightly worried that they'd lean into him immediately against Braun and they did. And I we we ranted and raved and pulled our hair out more than enough when uh when Bray got a shot at Hell in a Cell and won and everything that happened we we all know where we stand on the fiend with a title it doesn't matter that the fiend has a title and in fact it shouldn't matter the fiend shouldn't care about it bray wyatt shouldn't care about it because the firefly funhouse and the fiend is all about bray getting revenge making good out of the past to 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 create a future for himself to finally do things that make him shine ultimately. So the title doesn't matter in this in these circumstances. That being said, it is a very very logical next step, next feud for the Fiend because Strowman and Fiend and and Bray Wyatt have history, very very tied together history. And not only did I like the fact that Bray Wyatt, uh, excuse me, that brother, I'm going to get these two dudes confused. <laughs> The, the, uh, not only was I really, uh, not only did I enjoy the fact that Braun was smiling about it and didn't look afraid and that he smiled, I liked it because of the history they have. Because to him, yes. he can be like, I, I've, I've been your underling. I know your tricks, pal. I know what goes on in your head. All right, you want to play your games? All right, fine. I've been there. Bye bye. I like that. And, I especially like how Bray Wyatt was pissed off at it. Yes. He you, was – go ahead. Could you imagine masterfully booked Fiend against masterfully booked Braun Strowman? If Braun Strowman had been the guy since 2017 like he should have been and the Fiend without the title run now coming for the title, man, they – they find a way to blow their wad on everything. And this is not a Blue Chew segue, but go to bluechew.com, code Fightful, get your first shipment free. Do that. Charlie Wolf says, instead of Braun yelling, I'll never be finished with you at Roman like Shauna suggested, we're getting Bray saying that to Braun. Excited to hear your guys' thoughts. I wouldn't mind if Bray threw that back at him. Threw back his old line, I'll never be finished with you, I'm not finished with you, and all that stuff. Also, I wouldn't hate if Roman Reigns interjected himself into this. Because these are two of his most formidable opponents. It's anybody but you, Roman, and I'll mm -hmm. never be finished with you, Roman. And then Roman showing up to the party like, hey... Bitches, here I am. It is going to be me, and I'm not finished with you now. I think that could be a good way to throw a wrench into things whenever he's ready. I just hope that um, I just hope that he's healthy. Uh, throwback says, couldn't they bring the personal side into it? Braun is Bray's dad and uh, JoJo's godfather of their kid. 
Could they bring more of that into it? I don't think they'll address that. I don't think they want us to know that that Bray and JoJo are a thing. But they and could. They, They've done a lot the, crazier things. Uh, oh, the, and they love talking about family. This is true, but you know, uh, Bray is too much of a psychopath. It had yeah. ground. It had ground him. It had ground him too much, considering everything. We have another super chat from uh, our boy Kevin Langhoff. He says, "Watch Firefly Funhouse like five times. Amazing Easter eggs everywhere." Bray says, "The color red uh, in a black and white world, and then Cena wore the black and white NWO, and Bray wore the Wolfpack red." Man, that was good. I got some notes on Select about that too. Uh, they're they're about where it was filmed, about the input that people had. Lots of cool stuff. Oh man. So uh, tonight, I'm getting information, and I've been getting a lot of information this week, and some of it I can report, and some of it I can't, and you'll probably know it when it hits once it is out there, but one of them was, funny enough, somebody was like, hey, kayfabe this, WWE's going live, and we put some stuff up on Fightful Select, but I do want to reward our our viewers who, who tune into this. This was a Vince McMahon decision. And I'm told a very aggressive Vince McMahon decision. And that he, I don't want to say went off, but was very aggressive about something. And decided they need to go live. And I mean, all the talent that got back to me was unhappy about this, Warren. Mm -hmm. Vince was at this Friday Smackdown. Some of the people at the tapings had been given a letter in case they were questioned by law enforcement. Which I, I, from what I understand... Don't quote me on this. I haven't seen the actual letter, but from what I understand was from WWE legal stating that they are essential media, which is a way to get around this. And to be fair, they, they can fit that criteria. I'm not going to say that they can't. They can fit that criteria. The essential terminology is very loose. Ah, <sighs> this is going to get bad mm -hmm. and it probably already is bad and they're already putting people in a rough situation, in a dangerous situation, and they already have in the past. And I've been reaching out to WWE all week trying to get comment on certain things and can't. Uh, and you know what? That's that's their their prerogative. They reserve the right to do that. I respect that. Um, you know, they're, they're, if somebody contacted me and asked me some stuff that I didn't particularly want to answer, I would reserve the right to not answer that as well. This is a bad idea, Warren. Mm -hmm. This is this is also uniquely lazy in a way that Vince is like, oh, we're just going to do this live every week. Just get the shows in the can, put in the extra work, come up with some creative shit, get through May, and see where you are. Warren, this is dangerous. Um, it's it's terribly irresponsible. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, Vince McMahon is a liability at this point, right? Yes. Uh, because, because he's been making extremely bizarre decisions and putting his talent is at risk. We just have to think about Saudi Arabia and that flame, that, that plane, uh, incident. Uh, there's all sorts of stuff that's happening that Vince is deciding to push on with and is clearly putting his talent, his talent at, at, at risk and the people who work for him. They're, there is no reason why they couldn't have sat down, planned out 
like you said, a month, a month and a half of programming, put it in the can and put it out. What is the incentive of doing it live? Honest, honest to God, right now, with no one is sitting anywhere in an arena, what is the incentive of going live? Avoiding spoilers? I don't care. Like, that's the only thing I, that's the only thing I can think about. The, the idea, I can appreciate the fact that WWE needs to continue to provide uh, their um, their programming. Like Jimmy Van talked about last week on, on your podcast with him or th- this Wednesday, WWE's main source of income is their licensing agreements with the networks. That's how they make their money. It ain't the live shows, even when there were people sitting around. It is an attendance, not the live shows. It's the money that they get from the networks. And if the networks are going to sit down and say, hey, you haven't given us programming for the past uh, for the past month or so, we have to review some terms, WWE can be in trouble. And you kind of know, that. I kind of feel like with what happened with the XFL today, maybe Vince is feeling a squeeze. Maybe Vince is a little, he's a little pissed off. Maybe it's an ego thing where he feels he has to be in control of his own destiny again. And WWE is his destiny. It's his thing. It's he's, uh, he's the first and final word on anything. So it's either sink or swim. Now I got to tell you what makes me, what baffles me in this situation. Let's not forget all these people are independent contractors yes i've been an independent contractor in a certain part of my life in the past if i didn't care about working for someone if i went to to a gig or and uh and was said that there was going to be a dressing room and i end up changing uh next to uh, next to the dishwasher guy in the back i'm just not working for this guy again it's a nod decision because at some point what are they going to do if the talent decides not to show up fire them sean yeah. I, this is an entirely different situation than what's two years ago. Yeah. I don't know what's going through Vince McMahon's head, Vince McMahon's head, excuse me. And as far, and I don't understand how, uh, how they can impose this kind of situation if their talent truly is considered to be independent contractors. It's dangerous. And as Kristen's pointing out in the chat, when you're live, everybody's got to be there at the same time. When you're taped, you don't. You control the number of people that need to be around. You can film them and get them out. Get them out. Mm-hmm. It's it's embarrassing, man. It's embarrassing. And I know, I know that there were people in WWE that took, took I don't want to say exception or offense to how AEW handled things. And we're being pretty vocal to that, to, to some of my colleagues. But it was out there. And maybe one day that, that info will drop along with some more stuff that needs to be out there. But there are, you know, a lot of ramifications to stuff like that, that, that really hands are tied in situations like that. As, as Warren can attest to, Warren can back me up on that. I do. And just, and it's, we appreciate, we, we sincerely appreciate. The talent going out there for yes. WrestleMania over the past couple of weeks doing what they're doing. This is not on them and it's not their situation. But honest to God, I am okay taking a break from wrestling, live yeah. wrestling for we'll a be month fine. or two months. And exactly. And then come, and then we can all come back. We can reconvene when it's time to reconvene. Cause even when, even when we're done being socially confined, 
there's going there's going to be a, a a transition period before we actually get full arenas again before we can sit 17 18 25,000 people in an arena at once it's going to take some time before we get to a sense of normalcy i want this talent to stay healthy I want everyone to stay safe that's been the key words here and McMahon is in his own bubble. It's absurd. And uh, I applaud the the performers that are going to do this and condemn the companies that are having them do this. AEW should have got all their shit filmed at Daly's Place weeks ago. They should have. They shouldn't have had to go to QT Marshalls. Shouldn't have had to. But when they did, they got their older guys the hell out of there. Got them the hell out and didn't deal with them anymore. Then we hear via via Dave Meltzer that Jerry Lawler's supposed to come back next week. Now I, I can dislike his commentary all I want, and I have for a long time. It's dangerous to have Jerry Lawler there. And you can think whatever you want about Jerry Lawler. I don't want the man to get sick and mm-hmm. or die. Mm-hmm. I don't want that to happen. I don't want that for his family, especially with what his family has been through over the last couple of years. It's selfish for Vince McMahon to do this shit. It's selfish. Again, I applaud the performers and the talent and the staff that is is braving it out and doing this. And I condemn the companies that are putting them in that situation. I get it. There's a lot of money there. And would we take a hit? Yeah, we would. We would take a little hit, but we're going to be all right. And hopefully everybody else can be all right too because this sucks. We've never been through anything like this. And it sucks. Evan Wright says WWE and bad ideas go hand in hand, perfect harmony. It's it's disheartening. And then Dalmar Abdi with the definitely the most cologne questions we've gotten in one night. When was the last time we saw Primo and Epico? Um, wait, I want to say February last year. February of last year. I know that they worked some live events. I, I, I'm last talking year. TV. Oh, TV. It's been way longer than that. It's been longer, you think? Oh, I know it has been, uh, because they worked heavy machinery, um, last, last February on live events. I think it was Survivor Series 2018. Yeah, Survivor Series 2018 in like a 42 man tag match. And then before that, it was August 2018. Before that, it was Greatest Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. Oh my God. How about this? They have had five, five televised matches. Since July 2017, and and one of those is the greatest Royal Rumble. One is a twenty man twenty man tag team elimination. One is a, a Andre Battle Royal. It's it's insane. Hey, if you want your W, if you want your your Cologne fix, go watch WWC. They're wrestling yeah. there. Throwback 27, our dude says some stations on, on the radio here are saying it could be years for people to get back into areas because of fear related to this virus. Might be a year since we go back or till we go back to arenas. That's the fear, man. Like I, this it's easy to just close your eyes and say everything's going to be okay. And I hope I hope they are, but we don't know what's going to happen, and that mm-hmm. sucks, man. Mm-hmm. That really sucks. And hopefully a miracle happens, but it's not easy to make a miracle happen. No, uh, and we've got to be realistic about what's going to happen. Like I said, even once the the self quarantining is is raised, and then you know our kids can start going back to school, and we you know uh, businesses can start opening up again. 
there will be a transitional period. I, you know, here in 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 my province here in Canada, they've said outright when sporting events come back, we're not going to be filling up the arenas. We're going to start getting people back in. We're going to start. We're going to let people trickle in at first. There might be five thousand people to begin with, and if in a seventeen thousand seated arena. Uh, this is we're going to be living the aftershocks of this for a while because the virus just don't disappear like that. If we get a vaccine, it'll be a whole different story, but it's yeah. going to take time, folks. Kiwi Rob says if WWE did take a break, how would you bring it back? I would do something special. I would do like a mid-year or late-year Royal Rumble or something like that and build mm-hmm. to another WrestleMania in the fall where you could culminate a lot of that stuff, and that's what I like. I also like Warren Hayes. Check him out, guys. Warren, tell the people where they can find you. YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. I do a recap show every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern. And guess what? I'm doing my own Firefly Funhouse Deep Dive tomorrow morning on my channel. You're a 11 diver? <laughs> yeah. That's right. Well, check it and out, I've guys. Got literary references in them. Check it out, guys. <laughs> I want to thank you all so much for... Really hitting us hard with the super chats lately. That helps us so much. It helps us pay our writers. It helps us give them raises. It helps us do more shows. It helps us do all that. Uh, it goes straight to staff costs. So thank you all so much. Uh, I appreciate you all. Dante V says, and I thought WWE working with Saudi Arabia was bad. Yikes, Vince. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. We're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more, right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20.